Do you feel stuck in your life, career, or business? And are you ready to take things to the next level? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach passionate about helping people just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. My superpower is helping people experience tremendous breakthroughs in a short period of time. If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com slash coach. That's insporising.com slash coach. At the end of the day, knowing your brand is knowing your value and being able to effectively communicate your value. And your value isn't in just what you do or how much money you make or your accolades or expertise, although that's, that has its place in your message. It's who you are. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Inspiration Rising. Hey, have you heard of the term personal brand? It's a way of saying that people perceive you in a certain way, and you can actually influence how they think about you as if you were a brand. Now, the reason why you would do that is to increase how much they know you, like you, and trust you. Now, up until now, I've had a perception of personal branding as being more of an effort at image or behavior modification in order to attract more people to me or you or whoever it might be for some reason either to increase our authority or increase sales or even increase perceived power. But Jessica Zweig has a brand new book entitled B. Yeah, just B-E. A no BS guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself. And it is excellent. Now, through her book and this conversation that I'm about to share with you, I was very impressed and surprised at her take on personal branding. This is actually one of my favorite interviews that we've ever featured on the podcast. Every conversation's unique, every conversation's inspirational in some way, but this one was definitely unexpected. Now, no matter if you have your own business or you work for someone else, I would highly recommend this book to you. If you want to maximize your uniqueness, the title is B, just B-E, and you can find the link in our show notes by just swiping up on your phone or heading over to our website, insporising.com slash podcast. All right, let's jump into this conversation with Jessica Zweig. Jessica, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, David. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your brand new book, B, a no, is it B or simply B? It's just B, right? Just B, B B-E period. B-E period. Yeah. A no BS guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself. Okay. So who is this book for? When you were sitting down writing it, 
Like who were you envisioning in your mind's eye? You know, it's, it's funny because when you write a book proposal to get a book deal, you have to really identify your target market. It's kind of like a business plan, right? For your book when you, when you take the path to become an author, right? So in the proposal and, and who I wrote the book for, technically it's corporate people with purpose, entrepreneurs on a mission and young people wanting to make a difference and not just a living, right? And I think that's most, most people um, have purpose have a mission, want their lives to matter. So in many ways, this book is really for everyone. It's if you're interested in building your business or career or entrepreneurial endeavor, this book is really going to check such a huge box for you because I believe that personal branding is a is superpower in, in the world of business. But I think everybody, wherever you are in life, wants to be free to be who they are and to feel safe and empowered to have the permission to be who they are. And that's really what my book truly, I think, gives the reader. Mm -hmm. So it's not just hardcore people who are wanting to grow either their business or their career, but also lazy losers who just need some help, <laughs> right? You need some branding help. Totally. I got you, lazy losers. This is all, this is all for you too. I swear. <laughs> that's great. Okay. So, but think, speaking of lazy losers, this whole idea of, hey, I'm just being myself right? Just this, whether it's um, the way I dress, the way I come across, my language, my persona, my work ethic, could this whole idea of being yourself just be an excuse for perhaps some unhealthy or unhelpful behaviors? I mean, sh sure. I think really at the end of the day, we're talking about authenticity, right? And authenticity is a very overused word. And my, my mission, my personal mission with this book in 2021 is to really breathe new life into that word and to really redefine it and to really remind people that your version of authenticity is what you want it to be and not what anyone else, you know, wants it to be. And, and so to answer your question though, cause it's a very provocative one. And I think ties really beautifully into the, into the message of the book. You know, the book is called self-worth to net worth. Right. And so I don't believe that people don't put themselves out there and, and drive their lives and careers forward because they don't know how, because they don't have the skills or the tools. That's easy. That's the easy part. Mm -hmm. The difficult part, the, the brutally challenging part is making the choice to believe you are worthy of it in the first place. And that's really the journey that I've been on, right? I, I, would, I wouldn't necessarily call myself lazy, but I was definitely lost. Uh, I was definitely losing at life. I was broke. I was uh, totally screwed up mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I was, you know, drinking a lot. I was unhealthy physically. I was in toxic relationships and really standing on the sidelines of my life, looking at everyone else and making them wrong for being awesome. And I wasn't. Mm. And so the choice to really empower yourself to step forward with your unapologetic authenticity but in, but in service of something bigger than than your own ego is really the work. It's really the work. And so I, I like the question of like these people floating around, just wearing what they want, doing what they want. In my view, if we were to really dig deep and peel away the layers, they're, they are lost only because they haven't found themselves. And that's that to me is what I hope this book will, will really teach people. Mm-hmm. So take me back to those times when you were feeling lost. Um, what was that season of life like? Where were you working? What were you, or you were doing business or 
And then yeah. what, what was the pivotal point that kind of shifted for you? So I currently run this business, Simply Be Agency, and it's a, it's a personal branding company. But before I, I ran Simply Be, I, I ran another company. This is my second business. My first business was an online magazine for women in the city of Chicago. It was, an, it was a lifestyle magazine called Cheeky. And we were, you know, the it girls about town and we covered fashion and food and nightlife. And I was like, super cool at like 26, all of a sudden. And, um, your stories, your stories are super fun in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I was there with you. you. I was like, I'm I'm here. I'm with her. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, um, that's actually the whole, the whole message though, that I'm really trying to convey to people is that from the outside in, it looked really sparkly and fun. And in many ways it, it was, but from the inside out, it was a very different story. You know, we, we were struggling financially. I had no idea how to lead. I was suffering from constant anxiety attacks and depression. I had a horrible relationship with my business partner. I had a horrible relationship with money. Like I was a mess. And, um, and yet I was so young and I was just running this business that became my identity. And I was a real big nerd in high school and middle school. So like to become, you know, this cool girl, all of a sudden in my late twenties was like very validating and redemptive, but I was operating from ego really. And, and, and low self-esteem still. And it took me having a, a, a breakdown, in fact, a full-on emotional breakdown uh, about six years in. I was running the magazine for seven. About the second to last year, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I, I, my inner voice was screaming at me. I was totally out of alignment. It wasn't fun. I, I didn't like myself. And, and I heard you know, an inner voice actually one day sitting on a grassy knoll in a park, <laughs> actually true story. And I have a little tattoo here on my wrist that says simply be. And, uh, I, I heard this voice and it just told me you've got to leave this business and you've got to go off and you've got to go do your own thing. And I was terrified because those listening, you mentioned a lot of your audience is entrepreneurs. I mean, you, you all know your business is you, it's not separate from you. It's part of you. So Saying I don't want to do my business anymore is basically saying like, take my baby, like you know you don't you sure. don't do it, and yet the the call of my soul and the truth of my inner voice just was too strong to ignore, and I found myself thirty three years old, completely broke. We were seventy five thousand dollars in debt. Uh, my business partner and I stopped talking to each other. I had to call my staff at the time and tell, tell them we were closing the business and we couldn't pay them their next paycheck. Those phone calls will haunt me for the rest of my life. Um, one of my staff members was a brand new mom and she was the breadwinner in her family. And I had to be the one to call her. Mm. And so it's funny. I open up my book at that current juncture in my life. That's where the book starts. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, I self-worth to net worth and net worth is kind of a misnomer. I don't really talk too much about finances in the book. It's really a net worth is a metaphor for whatever makes you feel your highest you and most abundant you. But I had to do the inside work first before I could build this like external platform, right. That everyone thought was authentic. You know, I had to do the work on me to really, to be frank with you, David, clean up my own mess and take responsibility for my own life versus being the victim and wanting to blame everyone else for my situation. And that was the beginning. You know, you asked me what was that crossroads moment? You know, that was really the, the moment that that everything changed. It wasn't an overnight thing. You know, it took me about a year or two to 
hire some help. I got a life coach who kicked my butt. I put a savings plan in place to pay off the debt and got a corporate job to get me on my feet, even though I was an entrepreneur, didn't want to do that. I mean, I did what I had to do, I guess. Um, and along the way, really, you know, work, worked, worked on me, like did the real stuff. And, and I think only, only then could I feel truly authentic to come on here and on any, on any platform and, and talk about authenticity. Sure. So, uh, so yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I've had, uh, my own experience with that 12 plus years ago. I was a pastor of a church as my listeners would know, and, uh, had a dozen staff and just the church had grown tremendously. And, uh, I was in, t- that was 10 years into my career as a pastor and just, uh, burned out. I was a total workaholic and my, you know, ego was enmeshed in the, you know, the entrepreneurial effort because the church is a business that yep. is all about, you know, connection with not only people, spirituality, but marketing and events and all of that. And so, um, I've gone through similar, similar process. Uh, yeah. so only had to pay off about half that debt though. So <laughs> Good for you. It, paid, it, paid it off. Hmm. Okay. So you're talking about this idea of a personal brand and yet you've got this, this feeling of this groundedness, this, uh, you know, I don't know how much of, of spirituality or recovery or therapy plays a role in your life, but I'm sensing this, like this, this, uh, rich fabric when I talk to you. And yet when I think of the world's personal brand, those two things don't generally come into my mind at the same time, you know? Yeah. Like, how does that work for you? Oh my gosh. I love that you asked this question because it is what I'm also here to do with my book and breathe new life into this idea and this, the industry, if you will, at, at large around personal branding, because there is such stigma around it. And there's a lot of misconceptions and for good reason. I mean, there's a lot of people out there promoting themselves and building Instagram followings and trying to be famous on the internet as an influencer, like it, it has a, an, a stigma for a reason. And yet I believe that if you are doing personal branding wrong, at the end of the day, knowing your brand is knowing your value and being able to effectively communicate your value. And your value isn't in just what you do or how much money you make or your accolades or expertise, although that's, that has its place in your message. It's, it's who you are. It's the humanity in which you bring to the table in your life's work the vulnerability, the emotion, the, the, the depth of your own life experience, your shadows, the things that make you real. Those things, in fact, belong in the message of your personal brand, as scary as that might sound. Mm-hmm. And when you become that much, I call it integration. I call it the integration of what you do, who you are, who you say you are, who you really are, right? That integration is where authenticity lives. And when we are willing to bring both, both of those pieces, in fact, all of those pieces, we become magnetic. We become mag- magnets to the right people who are at that same frequency of energy. Mm-hmm. And not everybody is going to like your personal brand. Okay. Like, let's just get that one out there. You, the more you, you are, two things happen. You repel and you, re- you attract. And sure. That's awesome. In fact, that's a good thing. Um, and so with the book and with my work at Simply Be, I mean, I often say we're a personal empowerment company disguised as a personal branding company because mm. most people want to make a difference. Like people come to me and they have a big mission. They, they want a bigger microphone for it. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so I'm really here to debunk the myth that personal branding is an act of ego 
and flip it and reverse it to remind people that if you do this work well, it is an act of service because you are put on this planet here for a reason. And it is not just a choice and an uh, an opportunity, if you will, to share yourself. It's your responsibility while you are here in this life to share yourself so that you can impact the world around you. And the only way we change the world is one person at a time. And we all touch people. So we all can change lives and therefore the world. And I really believe that. I know that's lofty and preachy myself as, you know, a, a, a daughter of God and like very spiritual myself, but it's the truth. And, and I just happen to have the gift of digital. I have the gift of communication and PR and content, which are really powerful channels to reach more people in today's world, 2021. We didn't have the internet at this, at this depth. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So instead of demonizing it and making it awful, let's look at it as a gift and, and then bring yourself to it clearly, consistent, consistently, constantly, and you will grow. And not just your, your freaking following, who cares, to be honest. I mean, that's a nice net effect, mm-hmm. but you will grow your business. You will grow your impact. You will grow your purpose. You will grow your joy. And I, I just think that people really have this work backwards because of all the crap that we see on the internet. Mm-hmm. And it's people that are sh- really getting crystal clear on their authentic message, knowing who their message is for and using it strategically. Those are the ones that are cutting through to their right people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what my book is going to teach the reader. It's a step-by-step. It's a very tactical book. Uh, it's a kind of a part workbook, And I just really... I mean this with my whole soul. Like I believe that everyone is is a light, you know, and we really owe it to ourselves to allow ourselves to shine our light. And it's medicine. It's medicine for the world on such a visceral level. And oh, by the way, you'll you'll grow your business. <laughs> you know, like that's that's really what my approach. You know how I feel genuinely. Yeah. Such a richness, such a depth. Like I'm hearing that personal branding starts within. Yes. from you versus when I hear personal branding, generally, for whatever reason, in my my own preconceptions, I think from the outside in, you know, it's the surface. It's the things that you see on the surface uh, uh-huh. is more of the personal branding, um, which is fascinating. And I will say, uh, I always, I'm, I'm always happy to confess my prejudices to my guests. And I would say I would have a prejudice against you because of your uh, beauty because of your physical, like the way that you look like you are culturally very attractive. And so I would assume that, you know, even from the book to our conversation would be more external where you, you know, as I read the book, it's all about the internal, um, except when we're talking about colors, but even colors come from within, I I would assume, um, that, you know, you have such a, a richness that I'm, yeah, I'm just really impressed by. Um, but that's so fascinating to feel. I always um, am so aware of my own prejudices to go, oh, interesting. Wow. I thought she was going to be a little bit more external and she's very much more internal. Even though the book is internal, she comes up, you know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. it's really, I really like what you're doing. Yeah. It all starts within. Thank you. And if I can just respond to that, I mean, I, I do get that a lot. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Really? I've had yeah, I mean, not not that I'm like, thank you for the this, the compliments, but it's about, you know, it's sort of this confusion of like, well, I mm. thought you'd be this way, right. but then I talked to you and you're so different. And I appreciate that. In fact, I'm like always 
always makes me grin a little bit. Like, yeah, there's a, there's yeah. more to everyone than meets the eye. And and yet, you know, the sparkly yellow, you know, blonde hair, like highly stylish, if you will, like mm-hmm. stylized, whatever. That is an expression of me that is authentic. Like that is a that is a part mm-hmm. of me that is definitely a piece of who I am, but mm-hmm. not all of who I am. And, you know, sidebar, but, in, but relevance. And I, I just, you know, I didn't, I, I was a gawky, gawky kid. Like I, I didn't grow up a pretty girl. I had a horrible, horrible acne, very, very overweight. My, my mom, God bless her soul. I had really kinky curly hair. I still do actually. And my mother, who was a school teacher and knew nothing about fashion or style, like would brush my hair before I went to school and it would frizz out. If you look a curly haired girl, you know, you don't brush yeah. that. And, and, and so I was brutalized by, by like, mm. by the bullies and by the mean girls. And, and I never really, really felt pretty or felt comfortable in my own skin. And I had a challenging relationship with my father who, you know, put me down a lot and, and he had mm. his own stuff to work out. And he worked a lot of it out sadly on me. Mm. And so you know, as I got older and into my twenties, something, you know, happened, the acne went away. I lost a bit of the baby fat, my, my hair, I figured it out, you know, like, and all of a sudden I was considered like this pretty girl. And, um, and that was at like age 23. And so my, most of my young adult life would never fit into that box. And so to this day, I still, well, I can, I've worked on my confidence and can own that part of me. I don't really consider that to be the leading attribute of like, you know, what makes Jessica, Jessica at all. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just share that to your audience who I know are mainly women or lots of them are. And, you know, we're so, we're so quick to, um, you know, see a woman, no matter how bright or sparkly or she may or may not be and cast a story mm-hmm. when there, there are, there are so many layers and layers and potential wounds and traumas and, and triumphs behind that story that we often forget and myself included, I'm not on any soapbox about that. Um, but I'm really trying to practice that myself. And one of my favorite, favorite quotes is, um, by Anais Nin and it's, we do not see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. Mm -hmm. And so when you do the work on really loving who you are, not what you look like, not what you do, when you really start to really cherish that person, then you can cherish who other people are being too. Mm-hmm. And so I just really wanted to reflect that because, you know, I appreciate, like I said, that compliment, but I think there's a lot more to that, that I think your audience, you know, could, could really benefit from, from, mm-hmm. from knowing. People oftentimes are very surprised at my depth because I'm so hot. It's just a thing. <laughs> that, I mean, it's really, people are always like talking to my wife, like, wow, he's really got some depth to him. I mean, he's oh, not a hot guy. I see that in you in five seconds, the hotness and the depth. When we first got on the Zoom, I was like, he's cool. I see your tattoos. You know, What's that going uh, on? The, uh, <laughs> the number that I really only have one celebrity that I ever get mistaken for, not mistaken, but like people go remind, oh. not mistaken, but reminded of, and it's Will Ferrell. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I see like, that. I just don't know if that's a compliment. Thank you. No, you're, you're more, you're more attractive than Will Ferrell. I, I genuinely mean that. I do. Right. So you alluded to this, you were going down through your four C's, but I was very um, interested in those. As I walked through the book in chapter five, you encourage us to play the long game. And um, you talk about that by living out the four C's. So those are consistency, constancy, clarity, and commitment. So one, what do you mean by play the long game? And two, 
break down those four C's for us, if you don't mind. Sure thing. So um, building a platform takes time. Building anything that's truly sustainable and successful takes time. You know, we're, we're impatient species, I think, and we want immediate results in everything we do. And when it comes to this work of building a brand, of building a, a, a business, a, you know, a scalable platform, if you look at the people who are really quote unquote crushing it, like go back and Google them and like check out their Wikipedias and scroll down on their Instagram channel, like see how long they have been at this game. Nobody is an overnight success. And in fact, the longer you do this, the more you compound, which is actually the the sixth C. Um, so, so the way that you you grow and actually achieve, I think, anything, but especially in the world of building a brand, you have to practice these C's and the and you have to rinse and repeat them for for as long as as you as you want to win. And so, and that hopefully is you know for the rest of your life. So the first one is clarity, and you know there used to be this actually it's still kind of around this age old adage in the world of marketing and it goes content is king, right? We've all heard that before. Like mm-hmm. just create content, content wins. Those who create content will stand out on the internet. I believe that is no longer the case. I think that's BS. It's way too noisy. Everyone's launching a podcast. Everyone's shooting up an Instagram channel. Everyone's b- building a YouTube. Like there, it's so noisy. So content is no longer king. Clarity, clarity is king. Clarity is the the essential tool that you need to get razor sharp so that you can cut through the noise. On That's this channel, what they we, say, we would say that um, clarity is queen. So just, just to clarify here, I, we're trying to avoid those sexist terms here. <laughs> well, I will tell you what consistency is. Consistency nope, okay. Is. So that's so funny you say that because in the book, I talk about the, the queen and the king. So I have clarity is king, consistency is queen. So you know your message, get it razor sharp, and then stay the course. Create that rinse and repeatable drumbeat of cunts. Show up. Be consistent. That is how you actually become, in my view, legitimate. Like if you were just to do a couple podcasts, okay. But if you do 200 podcasts, you know, all around the same central message, which is your clarify. I'm just kind of diagnosing you right here now, David. But that that is how you will ultimately grow it. And then the constancy is showing up in the same places. So many people think that they have to be on Pinterest and Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and my, and do a podcast and a video. No, just pick your mediums, know where your audience is. And honestly, what lights you up? If you hate writing, then don't start a blog. If you don't want to be seen on camera, then don't put yourself on video, like pick your sweet spots and then stick to it and be constant. And then the fourth one is just really, um, self-explanatory is, is commitment. I mean, I think that goes with, with anything, whether that's, you know, buying a house or, you know, trying to make a baby or saving money or losing weight or, you know, making sure a relationship is successful, like commitment. And the same goes for building a brand. And especially if you want to be seen as authentic and deeply of service and not about yourself, you know, stay the course, show up for your people, show up for your community and commit to them and commit committing to them. You're committing to your, to your success and yourself. And then that's how you quote unquote compound, which is, you know, typically a a financial investing term, but the same principles apply when it comes to your brand and your platform, the longer you you do it, the more you invest, the bigger it grows. Mm -hmm. The long game. It is as I, I coach, uh, 
entrepreneurs, you know, people that are just getting started in business. And it's like, Hey, I've been doing this for six months. How come it's just not working yet? You know, or whatever. And I go, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 175 plus episodes into interviewing primarily female entrepreneurs. And the ones that I interview that I'm most um, impressed by, I go, they've probably been in it for at least five years doing the same thing for at least five years. And so it, it, it is a long game and I I appreciate that. I think that, um, uh, the part that you talked about it, you've said it multiple times. You've talked about this idea of service and that is just, um, a deep part of who I am because of my background in terms of spirituality. And one of the things that I hear people get so tied up into is this anxiety of, am I doing it? Am I doing enough? Am I doing it good enough? Am I doing it right? All of these things. And I, I say, you know, pretty much if you're focused on any of those questions, the issue is performance. You're trying to perform for your, for an audience rather than serve an audience. And so if you shift from performance to service, and I speak from personal example or personal experience, because as a workaholic, that was driven by a need to perform because I was up in front of hundreds of people speaking every single week and do anywhere from two to four services per Sunday, giving the same message over and over again. And it was like, well, how was it? It was all like it can you can quickly move toward performance. But the more that we as business owners are, like you said, into service, for me, at least, the anxiety starts to dissipate because I'm not here to impress you through this interview. I'm here to, one, serve you to help more people learn about your book, but I'm also here to serve my audience by them getting to know you. So then any issues with performance are out the window. It's just just we're with people to go, how can I help you? And I'm not going to know all the answers. But I'm one step away from any, you know, answer or resource that I might need. And I can always, I mean, there's not a question anybody could ask me that would, I shouldn't say this, but like probably not a question that would throw me off or make me feel awkward because I could simply just go, that's a great question. I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. I got to do some more research. Let's, or let's dig into that together or, because that's a heart of service. So I just, you know, I just resonate with what you're saying. That feels like such a beautiful, it's like when you said that um, being yourself, the whole idea of being yourself wasn't for a, it's not for self-service, it's for the service of others, right? I mean, that's when being myself then makes sense. If I'm just being myself, you know, I've got a 21-year-old and an almost 18-year-old. Hey, I'm just being myself, right? That's a, yeah. that's that's more rooted in ego, like in terms of the way I dress or talk or whatever, you know, and my kids are great, but every parent has those challenging conversations about like, ah, do we really want to be doing this? Does this this align with our values as a family or your values? Yeah. I'm just being myself. It's like, okay, but I love how you're connecting it. Yes. Be yourself, but it's in the context of serving others. Right. My, one of, one of my, you know, if you will, favorite quotes in my own book. <laughs> One of the things that I, I say in it pretty boldly is that the biggest secret about building your brand and insert, you know, your platform, your message, your podcast, whatever, the biggest secret about building your personal brand is that no one cares about your brand. Yeah. People care about themselves. Yep. And that's a beautiful thing. That there's no shame in that game where that's human nature. Mm-hmm. 
And, and so when you architect a message, when you architect a platform, when you create content that is about them, and, and that is from your heart, that's an mm -hmm. energy that people can feel. Mm -hmm. That is an energy that people can feel. Mm. And in my book, I'm going to, I'll teach you how to construct it, but you have to align to it. You have to really come from that place. And I swear, I mean, it's, it's the distinction. I mean, forget the success. It's just when, when life starts to feel really good and fulfilling and enriching, it's, it's when you're, it's when you have that intention and you really genuinely mean it that's when the game can truly change and you'll see it in, in, you know, a quantitative perspective, most likely, but the qualitative side of that is really, I think what it's really about. Mm -hmm. For me, they're embedded in all of that is peace. Cause if I'm trying to perform yeah. or trying to get ahead of something, it really lacks peace. Um, I totally peace is like the, uh, I think, have you ever seen it? I forget what it's called. I'm going to botch it, but there's like this spectrum of emotions that like shame and guilt are at the bottom and like love and enlightenment are at the top. Mm. And in between there's all of these different sort of the journey of like, mm -hmm. you know, before there's, you know, anger or above anger is like neutrality and the neutrality is then contentment and the contentment is, you know, joy and then joy is, you know, whatever. And peace is like next to love. Mm -hmm. And I think about that all the time. If, if I am going to make peace, the goal, you know, cause speaking from one workaholic to the next, <laughs> um, I've, you know, tried my best to measure my success, not based on how successful I'm being in the world or, or whatever, but how peaceful I feel inside. Mm -hmm. That has been a tremendous, tremendous shift. Yeah. In I love it. Yeah. When I hit my rock bottom 12 years ago, my, my value at that time was growth, like growing, you know, the thing that I was leading and it shifted immediately to, I've got to have peace because if I don't have peace, I'm not going to be a great husband. I'm not going to be a great dad. I'm not going to be a great friend. I'm not going to be a great leader. So for me, any, like, that's a, that's a strong framework that I run every decision through is does working with this person give me more peace? Or is this gonna mm -hmm. is this gonna hurt my peace? Because if it's gonna hurt my peace, it's a hard no. Like it's just not worth it. Or it's gonna be have to be a lot of money. <laughs> that is brilliant advice. And yeah. that that goes not just for clients, but that goes for your staff. That goes for people, personal relationships. Yep. Right? You are the, you are the CEO of your own life. Hire right. and fire accordingly. Yeah. And so I I, I love what you. That's so powerful. I I so don't powerful. have. Any, there's not a single area of my life right now where I don't have peace. Like you can't point to a single area. Now, are there places I want to grow? Of course, but I, I just avoid, and it's not that I don't deal with a conflict because I'm, I can definitely deal with conflict. I'm more of a straight on kind of person, but I just don't have situations where I lack peace. Otherwise I've got to deal with it because I, you know, I value it um, that much. Um, real quick. This is not a quick question, but it's not a quick answer. Quick question. <laughs> What is a personal brand hologram and why, do I, and why do I need one? This is a very fascinating part of your book. Thank you. Thank you for reading it. Um, you know, so my, the personal brand hologram is a trademarked method. It's a tool. It's a framework that I created years ago. Um, and I, I built it inside my agency. And so it's a, it's a really teachable tool. And 
it will help you achieve that brand clarity and define your message. And it was inspired, to be honest, when I was uh, back in 2016, 17, starting my own brands and my own business. I had just quit that corporate job. I had gone off to like work for the man to get back on my feet and then quit so that I could, you know, become this entrepreneur again and was promoting myself as the personal branding expert, or so I thought. And I was out to coffee one day with a dear friend of mine who wasn't afraid to tell me the truth. And he, and he sat me down and he said, Jess, I love you, girl, but I'm following you on the internet. And, you know, one day you're talking about personal branding, but then the next day you might be talking about your dog. And the day after that, you're talking about where you and your husband went for dinner in your new neighborhood. And then the day after that, you're talking about politics. He's like, I don't know what you are. And I know you want to be seen as a personal branding expert, but right now you're a hot mess. So I said, so you're a hot mess, Jess. I talk about this in my book. And it hurt. It hurt so bad, but he was so right. And that's why it hurt. And I thought to myself, okay, got it. I don't want to be seen as a hot mess. I want to be seen as an authority. So I'm going to pick my lanes and I'm going to stick to it. But at the same time, I was like, I'm more than what I do. I'm more than my expertise on social media. A million people can do that. What is it about Jessica that is unique to me and to me alone that I can bring to my brand in a clarified way and stick to that script too? And then combine those two elements of my, my message, my humanity, and my professionalism into this architected personal brand that essentially became the foundation to the hologram methodology. And that is what I have been teaching for years and years. And it's at my agency clients get, and I teach it at tons of workshops and I made it a, an online course and now it's in this book. And, you know, it's, I think really, you know, powerful stuff and, and very unique methodology that hasn't been done before. So I'm really excited for it to get out into the world. Cause I think that, I think that it's going to really help people. And that's my number one goal. So Thank you for, uh, and then sidebar hologram. I gave it that name because we are not two dimensional figures on a, a slide deck or a book. We are a three dimensional human being walking through the world. And when you shine light at a hologram, it illuminates. And when you shine your own light across, you know, the world, you illuminate and you illuminate others. And so that's why the name of the hologram is what it is. I just wanted to stick that in there. That's great. Okay. So uh, one last question. I noticed you're wearing black today. I'm very disappointed because I see yellow everywhere. And I'm assuming that your whole closet was yellow, but you actually have colors other than yellow in your closet. I do. Yeah. Not many, but yes. (laughs) What is it about yellow? Tell us what is uh, so important about that color for you in your life? Well, it's funny. Uh, this is the nature of life, right? So I thought for a hot minute when I quit that corporate job and started Simply Be, I was really obsessed with Snapchat at that exact precise moment. And I, I thought Simply, I got really into it and I, I understood the platform really well. And I was like, I'm going to become a Snapchat focused branding agency. And that lasted for about three months. But the color yellow was what you know what I put in my logo and I put in my branding. I hired a visual uh, graphic designer to create all my visual assets and I wanted yellow. And it's, it's really funny how the universe works, David, you know that. And the the Snapchat thing faded, but the color yellow stuck. And over the course of these last five years, I've really been able to experience the power of color story and how memorable it makes you online and how it can really help you stand out. Uh, We process visual information 60,000 times faster than written text. So having a clear visual brand 
I believe is essential. If you really want to show up online, that's completely unforgettable. And, and then the side, the, the side of it that I, I actually want to share more than, than any of that is yellow represents light. It represents confidence. It represents radiance. It represents joy and positivity. And, and so I very much orient to the color yellow for how it makes me feel and what I want other people to feel when they see that color. And, um, you know, you could also look at like yellow is like in uh, road signs, like yield and slow down, right? Like the power of color is fascinating. The psychology of color, I should say, but how we use it in simply be is, is combined with like an, a positive message and an energetic tone that I think really resonates and people like remember me like oh you're the yellow girl I'm like I'll take it so I love that you were like why are you wearing black because <laughs> I because I you typically do wear yellow is it, is it a depressing day did your dog die what no, happened no I just have like a uh you know it's snowing in Chicago it's gross very fun all right so tell us where people can find the book what's the best place for them to go and purchase it so they can go to jessicaswag.com backslash book. Um, and you'll be able to find my bonuses there. You'll be able to find all the different places you can purchase it it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your independent local bookshop. Support them if you're willing to spend a couple extra bucks. It's really important to support our local bookstores. And yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at jessicaswag. I have a podcast too, Simply Be. And uh, yeah, this was, this was such a treat. You're amazing. I really loved our conversation. Good, good. Super fun to be with you. The book is called Be, a no BS guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself. So thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing your heart and your wisdom and uh, encourage everybody to, to get the book. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? Because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor, share it with a friend, take a screenshot of your favorite episode and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. And if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for Inspo Text. That's our daily inspirational text messages. Just text me right now at 949-401-6090. That's 949-401-6090. Just say, hey, Dave, what's up? You'll get an automated reply with a link where you can add yourself as a contact. And of course, you can always unsubscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity.